Some major office supply stores are closing, but the good news is that you can find low prices on supplies you need at Walmart. They have a broad assortment of office supplies, everything from copy paper to coffee. Right now, they have five packs of Georgia Pacific 20-pound 88 bright paper on rollback for just $13.47 and Avery 1.5-inch heavy-duty clear cover binders for just $6.74. You'll find savings like that on all kinds of essential items. So stock up on the most important office supply of all. Savings. Save money. Live better. Walmart. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchipreneur who owns one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed about owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. Today, we're celebrating two years of franchise interviews in our 100th show. We'll talk about highlights from the last 100 shows, what we learned, what's ahead for the next two years, and even some funny moments from the show. You'll also hear clips from legends in franchising, like Jim Rudolph, CEO of Rita's Water Ice Franchise Opportunity, the legendary Michael Gerber, Hall of Fame speaker Warren Gretchen, John Hewitt, the founder of Jackson Hewitt and Liberty Tax Franchise Opportunity, George Nadeff, founder of Boston Market Franchise Opportunity, Kevin Hine, one of the top franchise attorneys in the country, and Gary Grasso. And that's coming up in segment two of Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we've got a great show. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchipreneur who owns one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed about owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. Don, welcome back to our 100th show in two years of doing the show. Congratulations, my friend. Congratulations to yourself, Marty. It's a pretty big accomplishment. I can't believe we've reached this level uh, so far, this number, 100 shows. It's, uh, well, it's a milestone, it. isn't it? I mean, again, it, doesn't it seem like yesterday that we uh, started doing the show? I mean, it, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah, uh, you know, a quick couple of years, for sure. It sure went by fast, you know. It's, uh, and I was mentioning to you before the show this morning, I was listening to the uh, our first show that we did with uh, PV Loco, which we'll, we'll talk about. But uh, it, it's, it's just been incredible. I mean, the amount of interviews that we've done up to this point. And, uh, right. You know, I thought we could kind of start off with uh, highlights from the show, you know, and uh, I guess I'll start with you, Don. You know, as, as far as, you know, what were some highlights for you? 
Well, I mean, I think just uh, you know, just the, the diversity of you know, all the different mm-hmm. people we've we've had on, and you know, the friends we've made from doing the show, and you know, just so much that we've learned. I mean, you know, we think we you know we came into doing this knowing a lot about franchising. We've both been in the industry a while, but right. there's just so much more to learn. Uh, and, and you know, and we have so much more plans for the show, and, and you know what we want to do. I mean, we really just you know started. Even though we've done a hundred shows, we really just started the process here on what really our uh, you know future goals are going to be with the show, and you know just how much we've learned about the history of, of, of franchising from a lot of the mm-hmm. people that we've had on, and you know all the people we've had on, who uh, just the passion that they've showed in their companies and the franchises that they work for. It's just been so interesting hearing people's background and, and right. uh, you know, the history and how they came about being in the position that they're in today. Uh, and, you know, the growth of a franchise companies like, uh, you know, Brian Spindell of PostNet. It was interesting, him and his partner, right. uh, you know, starting out just a couple guys in college. It's amazing, uh, yeah. Starting that type of business and what it evolved into. Yeah, I mean, I love hearing the success stories. Uh, just like a couple of the guys I met down at a franchise show in Florida, a couple franchisees, a fish window cleaning, and uh, met them and and uh, just firsthand saw their passion and the success they're having and their whole story of how they went about finding a, uh, a franchise system, working with a franchise consultant, them knowing exactly what they wanted to do and the type of hours they wanted to work and how right. well they've been doing. Uh, that's always very interesting to me. That's some of the, the highlights uh, for myself, just all the different franchises we've had, some of the top people. Uh, we've had all different levels of franchising we've had covered in our first 100 shows. Yeah, there were some great stories. You know, and the, those two stories that you mentioned, you know, fish window cleaning. I mean, it was just amazing how, you know, here's two guys um, working for, I think it was Enterprise Rent-A-Car, wasn't it? And, uh, I mean, they got into franchising uh, really as a means to an end. You know, they wanted to spend more time with their families, you know. And uh, uh, when right. they were working for Enterprise, I mean, they were putting in some pretty hefty hours. I think it was like 70 hours a week, you know, and... Uh, uh, again, they said if we're going to work this hard, we should work for ourselves, you know. And uh, now they got time to spend more time with their family, you know, go to their kids' baseball games and things like that, you know. And uh, yeah, that was and the Brian Spindell story, you know, of a postnet, you know, again starting in college, you know. We always typically ask, "What were you doing before getting involved in the franchise?" You know, and I remember I, I kind of chuckled when, when, when Brian chuckled when we asked him that question. He says, "I was in college when we started this whole thing." And, Postman's turned into a fantastic franchise opportunity you know, for aspiring entrepreneurs. So yeah, that was a great story. Um, I guess we can't, you know, when we're talking about highlights, we have to mention Michael Gerber. You know, it's a. Uh, I was mentioning several weeks ago that when we first started the show, you know, someone asked me if you could interview anybody, who would it be? Yeah, as I said, Michael Gerber. And here, we interviewed him twice since doing the show. You know, and it's just been an incredible experience watching. The growth of Michael Gerber, you know, he, when we first had him on the show, he was talking about this concept called In the Dreaming Room. And while we had him on the show, he was also writing the book at the same time, Awakening the Entrepreneur Within. And then we had him on the show a year later. So just to see that success, and, and Michael is just such an inspirational story because here he is, he's 71 years old, and he's slowly approaching 72, and, uh, uh, you know, at that age, he's just starting. He's starting all over again, you know, and he's right. got this energy and vigor for life, you know, and uh, I said, God, I hope I'm like that at 70 years old, you know, that I could just uh, start something new, and that was inspired from his mom, you know, so I just thought that was such a wonderful story. Um, Last year, on this day, we had a legend in franchising on our show, Uh, I guess you remember George Native, you know, and that was a wonderful show, wasn't it? I mean, just uh, 
having someone like that, I mean, tremendous success, which uh, is very, very inspirational. For me, you know, I mean, we've had a nice, you, you said this, diversity on the show. I mean, we've really had some of the biggest names in franchising. We've also had some very new concepts on the show as right. well. I mean, the ones right. that stand out for me, I, maybe for you, um, Miami Rice Pudding. I mean, it was just incredible. Right. I think we mentioned them a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we keep bringing uh, that up because you're you're hoping to get free pudding. But I know. I I'm hoping. That's... I'm hoping they uh, <laughs> they're listening. You know. <laughs> but it's just it's just incredible product. On PB Loco was our very first show. We had Ken, right. Carrie, and Jodine on our show, and uh, they were just uh, wonderful guests. I've always been so inspired um, by their story. How they had this brainstorming session, and you know they came up with the concept of PB Loco, and uh, just watching you know their success. I, I think it was like six months ago they were on um, Donnie Deutsch's uh, Big Idea, you know, and I'm, I'm right. always watching that show. To, so to see, you know, people like that that were on our show and then achieving all this success is really just, um, is really right. incredible. Um, yeah, I've liked, uh, uh, you know, uh, having edible arrangements on, Massage Heights, Aaron yeah. Sales and Lease, Action. When we had Action International on it, since changed their name to Action Coach. Uh, of course, right. Baskin Robbins was a great show, and... Uh, having Warren Gresham on, and, um, and you know, you mentioned Rita's. I mean, these are all. I mean, all of our shows. We can always take something from all of them. They're all nice. Uh, and, you know, uh, each uh, show has something mm-hmm. different to offer. But those are some of the, uh, you know, some of the highlight shows. Oh I yeah. And, and, and like going back to the to, to diversity of people we've had on. I mean, you look what we've had on. We've had CEOs, owners. We've done some financing shows. We've had on like four or five authors at least. We've had on franchisees, mm-hmm. franchisors, business coaches. And consultants and brokers. We had a show about uh, even surveillance and a lot of retail True. shops having their security surveillance system. We've had several attorneys on, and and even a show about real estate, uh, Javelin Solutions, the importance. And, and I guess that's you know something else I've learned: the importance of things like a lease and having professionals be helping you during the whole process, looking at mm. the franchise agreement and, uh, and and reviewing the UFOC initially, and and you know just the importance of. Of, uh, of any investor or franchisee doing their due diligence, and you can never have enough time to do that. Even if you are behind in your overall time frame, it's so important to do your due diligence, not rush in to make a decision. But it's been interesting all the different types of uh, you know, levels of, of franchising and guests that we've had on the show, Marty. Yeah, that's an excellent point. You know, it's, it's one thing that I learned. I think it was the same thing that you learned, Don. It's just the um, importance of working with an expert, like you said. You know, I mean, someone like yourself, you know, who guides people in, in, in the financing end, you know, of, of right. buying a franchise. And uh, the Ryan Cunningham from Javelin Solutions, the importance of, of finding uh, a location. I mean, I can really make or break a franchise uh, for certain franchises. You know, again, your, your food franchise is typically, you know, if it's a home-based business, you don't have to worry about that. But, um, you know, the location factor is really so important. In fact, it's the number two reason why a franchise could fail is because of a poor location. And, right. you know, what you and I think would be a good location, you know, you, you bring an expert in and they say, you know what, it's not. <laughs> it's, uh, right. uh, you know, so it is so important to work with an expert uh, location. Um, uh, we've had some incredible stories on franchise brokers, you know, and, and a lot of our guests or franchisees that have been on the show using franchise brokers, you know, it, I've been very impressed with, with the ones that we've had on the show. Again, they're not all great. You know, again, the ones that we've had on the show have been exceptional. You know, they, they've right. been some incredible franchise brokers on the show. Um, so the importance of working with them. A franchise attorney is critical, isn't it? I mean, it's just kind right. of a must. 
I, I don't think you can go into buying a franchise without speaking to a franchise attorney. We've had, I think, some of the best franchise attorneys on our show. You know, uh, Nancy Lennard has just been so informative. We had her on our show twice already. Um, Kevin Hine, who's one of the top franchise attorneys in the country, um, right. he's been on our show. He's been incredible, you know. So, uh, yeah, so the importance of working with an expert, that's one thing I learned is, is you can't, I don't think you can do this alone. You know, I, I really think you need to team up with uh, people to kind of help right. you. Some of these contracts, and a, yeah, I mean, you're right, Marty. Some of these contracts and, and, and agreements, uh, I mean, they're intimidating. I mean, uh, oh, absolutely. You know, the FDD is about an inch thick. That's the first thing a franchise will give you when mm -hmm. you're first looking at uh, their franchise system. And, uh, you know, you need an attorney to, to review that franchise agreement, just you know, anything along the whole process, a lease. Right. I've seen some leases, and I mean, just all kinds of uh, language. Uh, and you know, something I learned, uh, I, I didn't realize how much negotiation that you can do with a lease. Uh, True. That you know, say, say you're in a, uh, in a, um, uh, a mall type of uh, situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there could right. be a, you know, a hundred different, a um, hundred different retail stores. There could be, uh, there's going to be a hundred different leases. Oh, absolutely. Uh, with the language and. So it's uh, just very critical because you're signing a long-term agreement. You got to make sure you get the right lease, and if it's a if it's a startup business, you got to you know, try to have every single advantage, uh, you know, going your way, and, mm -hmm. and keep I the agree. overhead low. And uh, you know, and, you know, and as far as what else we've learned, I mean, I think a big thing is, I mean, really, there's no shortcuts in franchising. True. Uh, you're, I mean, you're you're going to be working just as hard as a as a non-franchise business, maybe harder. Uh, you'll be working Especially the same the type of hours, year. a lot of hours. Yeah. Just don't always think of it's a franchise. That, hey, I'll go in, I'll maybe work 40 hours a week until things get going, and then uh, you know start looking at some other type of business, let it kind of run on its own. That's just not the case. Right. No, I agree. It doesn't run on automated uh, automated pilot. You know, it's, it's right. uh, absolutely. You know, and I the advantage is once uh, the advantage is you're gonna, you know, your path to profitability is going to be faster. You always have that support and training. And and it's just a much lower chance of failure. It's what's great about franchising. Um, and uh, you know, something else interesting, Marty, was just um, how you know, even your biggest name franchise companies are always evolving, always changing. Sometimes changing True. their logo, their identity, rebranding. That was kind of interesting, right? Last couple of years. Uh, it was very that. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, we've seen a lot of that with like uh, franchises like Yum Brands, you know, and when they changed right. the um, Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, logo, you know, the KFC logo, I should say, with the Colonel, you know, and just kind of modernizing the stores. I mean, there's been some very successful franchises that have been around a very long time, and they have to change. You know, and, and, and that means their franchisees have to be open to change, and they have to, um, uh, and I learned this from Jim Rudolph of Rudolph, uh, of Rita's, um, to trust the franchise system. You know, you have to trust them. You have to respect them. Uh, don't fight them. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, these guys have been through uh, through everything, you know, it, it, even times like this, you know, where the economy is, is, is tough. Most franchises that have been around a long time, they've been through these times anyway, you know, and they know how to get through them. So you really have to trust the franchise system. That's why you're buying into a franchise. You know, I would say when you buy a franchise, you don't have to. I hate to say this, you don't have to think as hard. You know, if, if again, you do totally trust the system. You know, put it, put that in the burden of the franchise. You know, I mean, right. uh, let them make the decisions because again, they've been through it, and that's why you're buying into it anyway. Exactly. Um, that's why you're paying the franchise fee. You're, you, you know, just just concentrate on what they tell you to do. 
mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and you'll be fine. There's a track record built up of success. What did Michael Gerber say when you're buying a franchise? It's like you're starting on third base. You've mentioned that on a couple shows in the past. Yeah, I think that was actually, um, I think that was George. Uh, George said that. Oh, was I mean, it? George was Native, okay. he, yeah, George Native said that last year, and I thought it was an incredible quote, that franchising gives you the ability to start on third base, you know. And I, um, I used that quote when I was in Chicago several weeks ago, and, uh, you know, you saw people's eyes light up saying, wow, that's, that's quite brilliant, you know. It, it's a good way to understand franchising, that your chances of getting home um, right. on third base are much higher than just starting on first base, you know. So uh, it, it does. It, it makes a lot of sense. And that quote actually came on our show one year ago. You know, we've had a lot of original quotes come on franchise interviews. And, you know, when I was preparing for that presentation a couple weeks ago, Don, I was – I was pleased at the information that I got from our show. I would say about 95% of the data I got from franchise interviews, you know, and that just made me very happy because, again, here I am, Professor, I use a lot of different uh, sources for information, and uh, uh, I really found our show to be most informative, you know. So it's, right. um, it's incredible. I was uh, telling you the other day, I did, uh, it's on Tuesday, I got an email from Turkey, you know. I mean, we have listeners from all over the world. And this one gentleman commented on how funny you are. And I, I said, well, that's not the purpose of the show, but <laughs> right. he didn't mention me, by the way. Yeah, he said, Mr. Johnson is funny. So, uh, you sent him back an email saying that, that you disagreed with him? I didn't, no. I just said thanks. You know, it's just, but, you know, and it's, it's just amazing to, to know that we have listeners right now, people all over the world listening to our show, you know, Vietnam and, and, and that's why we started this format. Uh, what, what was so interesting about Internet radio right. is that it's, you know, it is nationwide, it is international. Uh, you know, most people who listen to the show, you know, listen at a later time when they have their own time at night or multiple times. That's what's nice. All the shows get archived. And, uh, oh, it's you know, wonderful. We've got a library now of shows. And, it, yeah, I, I think that's interesting, people all over, uh, you know, sending us emails, uh, thanking us or mentioning something. It is. It's a wonderful feeling. You know, we've had a big increase in our international audience over the last year. I think that's been one of the biggest changes, you know. It's, it's, right. Um, it's been happy to see that, you know. I think we're at, like, maybe about 8% international audience, you know. So it's just, and again, that 8%. My goal in the future is to at least have one person from each country make a comment that I'm funny. <laughs> there you go. Well, we might have to uh, practice our uh, our Japanese or Chinese, right, or uh you know, and do the show in another language someday, you know, or have it translated, you know, or uh, at least transcribed into other languages as well, you know. Um, well, we're French- talking about that, staying on that theme, uh, you know, we do have some goals of going international and, you know, a few other things. Like I mentioned before, we just really just uh, started the process with this. So. Yeah, we've just hit the tip of the iceberg, haven't we? I mean, again, so yeah. many doors have opened over the last, you know, six months of doing this. I mean, everything, you know, uh Speaking engagements, uh, writing a book, I mean, you know, just behind the scenes is, is, is really incredible at franchise interviews. You know, I think a lot of people think sometimes it's just a, a one-hour show, but, you know, even after right. we are done with the show, I mean, it's still going on, you know. I mean, it's just people constantly listening to the show. I mean, if I go into, um, uh, you know, our data server, I can tell how many people are listening to the show. And it's just amazing how many people listen to it on a daily basis. Right. Uh, it's just a, it's a great feeling. And, again, because we've built up this library of 100 hours um, up to this point, and, uh, you know, that would take you, you know, several days to listen to. You know, if you just right, sat yeah. from show one to show number 100, 
And I always say, you know what, you'll know more about franchising than anyone on the planet Earth if you were to do something like that. Right. Um, it really is that informative. So I like the international base. We've gotten a lot of great PR, you know, over the last um, year, couple of years as well. You know, I mean, again, we've been written about in our favorite magazine, Franchise Times. Um, that was a wonderful article. That was like a two-page spread. You know, and, and of, that was done, I think, within the first six months of us doing the show. I think it was, article. yeah. Yeah, it, it was. was pretty early on, yeah. It was, and it was just nice, you know, to have our picture in there, you know, and uh, kind of talk about the, I gave a behind-the-scenes look at, you know, doing franchise interviews, you know, what's actually involved. There's, there's, there's a lot of variables involved, and it's one of the things I love about internet radio, um, uh, you know, playing music and uh, all this other stuff, playing commercials and uh um, bringing the guest in, you know, and, and I pretty much, I guess I've got to sign that duty to franchise interviews, you know, doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And it's been fun for me, you know. I mean, there's moments where uh, it's a little stressful, you know, because I'm trying to concentrate on ten different things at once while doing the show. <laughs> you and, know, and, and I've enjoyed the uh, first segment, gathering information, uh, news, uh, you know, statistics, information, what's going on in the franchise industry, which is basically our first segment. You know, I've enjoyed that. You know that part of it, finding things which I uh, feel are interesting, which uh, you know people are going to want to hear about. Oh, absolutely! There's a lot of data in that first segment, you know. Uh, and again, I've used a lot of it, uh, you know, in writing articles and uh, doing presentations and things like that. You know, it's uh, uh, it's, it's it's really been incredible since doing the show over. The last year, we launched something new to franchise interviews, Don, as well. There's these great quotes in franchising, um, which is our podcast, which is kind of like highlights from the show. And our listeners, as I was mentioning earlier, they're going to actually hear later on um, clips uh, from some legends that we've had on the show. You know, I think we have right. like five or six of them. Because if you don't have time to listen to a whole show, the whole hour, you know, then you can listen to the podcast, which is kind of like us filtering, saying, you know what? Um, when George Native said that franchising gives you the ability to start on third base, that's brilliant, you know. So let's yeah. put that in a great quote in franchising. And the gentleman from right. Liberty Tax, you know, he said, "I don't want to. I'm not creative. I don't want to create anything. I just want to follow a system." And he achieved all this wonderful success by joining Liberty Tax franchise, you know. And uh, right. uh, so yeah, it's it, it, it's just been incredible. Um, when Don Johnson was quoted in the Pennsylvania Business Journal by Forced Entrepreneurship, that's brilliant. Right? There you go. Well, <laughs> well too bad. Well, yeah, and we have referenced that on the show several times, you know. It's a, and it definitely does deserve a podcast for being in great quotes and franchising, you know. And uh, right. I mean, that was always amazing, you know, to, to see, uh, you know, the Eastern Pennsylvania Business Journal is a very big journal out here uh, where I live in Pennsylvania, you know. I mean, it's, it's something that I read uh, religiously every week, you know, and to see yeah. our company two-page article written about us, you know, and, and talking about what trends are taking place in franchising. I mean, that's that, that's a big wow to me, you know. And I always right. remember that was a funny story when um, we uh, were interviewed by the Eastern Pennsylvania Business Journal. And uh, um, when I got the uh, the journal that day, and I'm looking at it, and I see the front page, and I see you quoted. <laughs> I'm like, where, right, where right, the hell so am I? I supposed to be in the article, but you mentioned just by name as being a co-host with you on the show, and she somehow find, found my number, called me right. up, and didn't really think much of it, but we talked for a little bit. The next thing I know it, I'm mainly featured in the article, and you were relegated to deep, you know, back in the newspaper. Sorry about that. I said, where the hell am I? I said, <laughs> I, said I did a half-hour interview. You know? 
I said, I guess you didn't like what I said. Yeah, it was just, it was amazing, you know, but it was, it was a wonderful article that was written by Stacey uh, Wesco, and she's a wonderful writer. Um, right. so, so if she calls me again in the future for an article, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to plead with her, please make sure Marty's on the cover. Exactly. Sure. It took, that took me a while to get over, you know, so, uh, but it was, it was a great article and it was a great plug for, uh, for franchise interviews as well, you know. So, How about some of the other, uh, you know, funny moments from the show, just real quick, uh, I think, um, you know, like uh, we're doing any live radio show, just sometimes saying things, not knowing we're, we're live, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously there's going to be some technical problems sometimes. I think maybe we had to, you know, the show cut off once or twice, and we know, did. a bit of panic mode sets in, and that, that, that was always kind of awkward. I think uh, you've specialized sometimes in calling people by the wrong name. I think that's Oh, and that's just a disaster. <laughs> and it's funny because you and I have spoken about this. You know, if I do it once, I'll do it twice during the show, you know. Because I just can't get over that, you know. It's just, and I feel terrible if you, you, you call someone uh, by a different name, you know. And again, because I'm doing these behind-the-scenes things, sometimes, you know, I have people calling in to our switchboard. I got people in the chat room asking questions, you know. So I'm doing sometimes like three or four things while doing the show, you know. And uh, and how about I one think, time, Marty? I forget who the guest was, but I think one person called from their their car in a closed garage and the call yes. didn't seem right. I think it was you know, a pretty good interview and show, but we found out later that was the case because I think they realized it was last funny. minute it was, yeah. uh, then we were, were you know, hoping while doing the show that he didn't have the car on. It was it was, <laughs> it was that was a, that was a funny moment. We found out later on, you know, again, you, you go behind the scenes, you know, and it's funny because when, when I listen, and I listen to the shows religiously, you know, I know you don't listen to them as much as I do, you know, but I'll always go back and listen to them sometimes two or three times because I just, you know, I, I learned so much from the show. But, yeah, again, when, when I'm listening to it, sometimes you're thinking about other things. You're saying, okay, well, what was going on at that moment, you know, or, um, uh, you know, perhaps we were supposed to go to commercial break or just things like that. But that was a funny story. We did find that out later on, that that, that nice gentleman. It was a great interview. Um, right. uh, because he was in a different time zone, he had a call from home. You know, because here we are starting the show at ten o'clock Eastern time. Well, in California, it's seven o'clock. You know, so they're not going to be in the office at that moment. So, you know, they call in from their home, and the dog's barking in the background. So he jumped into his car, and uh, it was just—it yeah. was a great story. You know, we've had a lot of those like that. Um, um, you know, and there's been a couple. I think there's been maybe one or two. Like, I guess you had that misquote a couple weeks ago. I think you said we have uh, was it ninety nine. Hundred hours of show tape, <laughs> show time, yeah. <laughs> which went over my head, you know. And and and, and I think if you show is a hundred minutes, but it's a sixty. Minutes, exactly so, right, you know. So it was just it was hey, we're only human, I, you know. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, by 4,000 hours, I exaggerated. By. There you go, you know. So I said, I said, wow, that sounded so good at the time, you know. It's uh, uh, just one of those things. I remember the first time we, when we joined Blog Talk Radio, you know, it was, what I love about Blog Talk Radio is we have more control um, over the show, you know, as far as commercial breaks and things like that, you know. But I remember our very first show, the woman comes on, you know, with a, a, a promo for Blog Talk Radio. It says, Blog Talk Radio, and like an English accent, and I think you got, thought we got disconnected. You know, there was a big hello, you know, so it was just, it, was, it just <laughs> sounded perfect, you know, at the time, you know, it was just so funny, and, uh, you know, it's just little things like that, you know, just doing the show, um, it, right. it's just been an incredible experience, you know, and... Uh, or even yourself, even finding the format to do internet radio, I didn't know much about it, we talked about doing a a uh, a 
a high-end franchise newsletter to the industry, and uh, eventually you Which found turned out into the radio. show, yeah, it was just amazing, you know, and, and again, the ability to have listeners all over the world now is just, I mean, we could have done anything, we could have done, we could have did satellite, we could have done traditional radio, but to me, you know, and I think to you as well, internet radio just made so much more sense, you know, I mean, to the, the ability to reach anywhere on the planet Earth. Um, that it's was the education aspect of it that all the shows get archived. People can, you know, go back and listen to a show. Some of these, you know, shows we did, people two, three years from now or or, or beyond go back and listen to the show. That practical advice is not going to change. It's not. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, again, you can go back to show number two, show number three. You know, I mean, there's some great information on that show. I think you and I have gotten uh, so much better at this craft. You know, again. It, it's sometimes, honestly, it's a painful experience for me to sometimes go back and listen to show number one, show number two. Um, I, I, I think we've gotten so much better at it you know, now, you know, after doing a hundred shows. And just like that's like life in general, you know, the more you do something, the better you get at it, you know. And we keep, I think, mastering this craft of, of um, you know, doing this show. And eventually the show's going to have to done. It's going to have to go to an hour and a half or two hours over time because right. we have – it's getting very difficult to get on the show as well. It's hard for me because we get a lot of calls from people saying, you know what, I want to come on your show, I want to come on your show. We're booked, I think, until like March, you know, up, up to this point. I know at one point we're booked like four months in advance. And it's hard to say no, you know, to, to a lot of people, right. you know, especially when you've had a pizza franchise and then two weeks later another pizza franchise wants to come on, you know. And again, they right. might be different, but... Um, yeah, we're trying uh, to show that diversity. We've had you know, several exactly. consultants and, uh, and, and, and business coaching franchises and a few others. They'll all be good shows, but, but, but we're trying to bring you know something new each month and doing our shows. Uh, and we're going to continue. Eventually, we'll have all 80 industries covered. Oh, absolutely. Again, because we haven't done everything up to this point, that's for sure. You know, And that's what I think makes it so exciting is there's just so much more to do. And as we're doing this show, there's still changes taking place in the world of franchising, you know, it is incredible, you know, I mean, again, since we started the show, I mean, we've had the big change to the uh, UFOC, it's not called the UFOC anymore, it's called the FDD, um, right. so that's pretty interesting, and we uh, had a whole show dedicated to that topic, and uh, we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, preparing, you just came back from the franchise show um, on the West Coast, and the importance of preparing, uh, you know, when you're going to a show, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been incredible, you know. I can really go on and on and on. This was um, we got a nice email um, yesterday uh, from Joel Lababa, and I think Joel Lababa is, is, is really we've had him on the show twice up to this point, and he wrote a great book. It's called The Essential Steps to Researching a Franchise Opportunity. Um, he's the owner, uh, franchise selection specialist. Joel says this. Um, it's great to see what a wonderful resource like franchise interviews continue on their own road to entrepreneurial success. Keep up your important work. You know, signed, Joel Lababa, uh, president of uh, Franchise Selection Specialists. And you can get more information from Joel. You can go to joellababa.com. And uh, um, that's just great, you know, to get something like that from someone who's considered really, you know, I, I think one of the Expert, top experts yeah. in franchising. You know, I said, wow, you know, it's it's it's. No, again, yeah, just you know, just the friends and contacts we're making with the show, which is you know, made a lot of friends, haven't we? You know, it's 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 a different experience going to the shows now. I think you know, for me anyway, you know, when I go to the franchise shows to have people know you, you know, or um, right. You were telling a funny story once, I think, with somebody actually recognized your voice. 
because uh, you have a very distinct voice, I think, you know, more than, than, than myself, you know. So I think if someone were to speak to you, you know, they would say, wow, is that Don Johnson? You know, it's... Uh, and a very so distinct name, too. I there you both, go. It's the voice, the name. <laughs> you got all these things going for you, you know. It's, it's all these advantages, you know, so it's, it's something. Um, yeah, I like talking about my twins, and you've been starting the show, so you see my twins get older, having your son born. Uh, that's oh, absolutely. We've had, you know, there are kids getting older, you know, and all these milestones that we typically talk about, like, in the first three minutes of the show, you know, and... Uh, um, right. And you know, it has just, to be quick not to talk too much about it to bore people. We want people to... Exactly. You don't want to do that too much, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's absolutely... So it's really been, I guess the theme has is, is been, it's, it's been an incredible ride, you know, the, the first two years, and I, I think the next two years is even going to be... More yeah, exciting. Again, know. we just hit the tip of the iceberg with this whole thing, you know. And again, when we first started, we said, "Is this a good idea or not?" And uh, I, I think we knew after ten weeks of doing it, we said, "Yeah, I think we have something here." So, uh, look forward to the next hundred. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a quick stat I wanted to give. I know you typically give the stats, but I just thought that this was important. Um, the third quarter. Um, this is from Fran Data. The third quarter new concept report basically new concepts in franchising, identifies 118 new franchise brands, Don. So I think that's pretty significant. Um, so the third part of the year, um, 118 new franchise concepts. And we've seen that. That's been a pretty common theme on the show as well, right? I mean, new concepts constantly. And that's in a down economy, too. <laughs> that's true. You know, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Um, so the past quarter, we discovered 15 new brands in the health and fitness industry, uh, that's interesting. It says nine brands offering business services such as consulting, tax preparation, insurance, and 17 brands in QSR and sit-down restaurants. So in total, there's 118 brands from 73 different sectors. And I think right now we're up to about 3,000 franchise systems, um, about 80 different industries. It's just been, um, just been incredible. So um, why don't we... Um, We'll take a quick break here, Don. Uh, we'll go to a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we can talk about some interesting articles that you and I found over the last uh, week. Good. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchise entrepreneur who owns one. 
I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed of owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. And we're celebrating 100, our 100th show today in two years of doing franchise interviews. And uh, I know you had some interesting articles, Don, that you wanted to kind of discuss. Yeah, I want to continue. Uh, last week we had this, saw this nice article, Wall Street Journal, uh, by Julie Bennett. Uh, it's recession-resistant businesses succeed. Franchises with lower startup fees or with programs to help new franchisees find financing are more attractive than systems that require newcomers to find their own money. Mm-hmm. Just uh, towards the end of this, it, 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 talks, it says during a downturn, there's also greater demand for in-home medical and non-medical care for seniors, says Shelley's son, who started Bright Star Healthcare in Gurney, Illinois. And this is, you know, we've talked about this industry throughout the year. I thought it was interesting how, you know, we'll have it on this show. Right. Um, so uh, it says seniors who can't sell their houses and move to nursing homes or assisted living facilities must explore other alternatives, Ms. Sun says. Bright Star now has 75 franchisees who have invested between 108 and 180,000 to provide services that range from bathing seniors to providing 24-hour care. In 2006, downsized information technology executive Jeffrey Tews and his wife Susan, the former manager of a hospital laboratory, became Bright Star franchisees for the Madison, Wisconsin area. They had their first client September 06. They now have 140 full and part-time employees and should do over $2 million in gross sales uh, for this year. Uh, she says, we're not losing clients because of the recession, but some people are being a little more conservative about the hours they hire us for. Uh, says Mr. Two says he has replaced his corporate salary and gained even more. This work is so rewarding, he says, we're making a difference in people's lives. And, you know, that's important, too. You always think about mm-hmm. starting a business. Everyone's always thinking about money. Of course, sure. that's important. You want to be profitable. But another aspect of it, and what a lot of guests have said on the shows, is just, uh, you know, what's important in life to you? That's maybe what a lot of franchise consultants discuss with their client when they're thinking about starting a franchise. And, you know, uh, you know something like making a difference and helping mm-hmm. people, I, you, know, uh, you know, you know, those are keys besides just always right. you know, worrying about the money aspect. It sure is a feel-good franchise opportunity. Again, it's not for everybody, but I think for a lot of people, again, it, it goes beyond the money. You know, we've had three um, senior care, non-medical senior care franchises on the show over the last two years, you know, and I was impressed with all right. of them. You know, I thought they all had something great to say, but, you know, looking at the numbers, I mean, this market, Don, is just exploding. I mean, I guess it's just one industry that I, I definitely... Um, encourage people to look at because, uh, right. again, people are, you know, living longer, getting older, and that baby boomer market is just, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. So, uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And just ending the article, Marty, says the recession has even turned downsized banker Tyler McCarty of Denver into a superhero. Mr. McCarty is the 27th franchisee to join Worth Business Credit, Golden Valley, Minnesota, says Steve Murphy, president of franchising for Worth's parent company, the Winmark Corp., Franchisees whose required investments between 40000 to 75000 sell equipment leases to other business owners. The equipment acts as the collateral. Mr. McCarty says his first deal is with a 25-year-old man who was handcrafting bar displays for premium brands of liquor. Uh, he wanted a CNC uh, router, a tool that cuts designs into wood automatically, says Mr. McCarty, but no bank would lend him the money. Uh, when I arranged for him to lease one, I just felt like a superman. So. Yes, he's found a niche service, and uh, hopefully he'll be uh, uh, successful. But right, right. Interesting. An interesting article. And Marty, also in uh, the top 200 franchise systems, this is the 2008 Franchise Times uh, just put out this information. Um, and 
uh, you know, this article written by Jonathan Mays, to get a sense of how the U.S. economy performed last year, don't, just don't look at the franchise times 200 as a whole, even though its sales kept pace with overall economic trends. Instead, look at for the individual companies and the sectors in which they operate. And those numbers are a handful of key insights, some of which you might expect. The housing market hammered real estate companies and high gas prices uh, buoyed uh, convenience store sales. A few others may come as a surprise. Hotels performed well. Uh, casual dining chains not only kept their places on the list, they remarkably added to their number. Uh, uh, despite analysts' near-universal views, that the sector uh, is in the doldrums. That was pretty interesting. The list also says that the biggest of the biggest U.S. franchises right. continue to flex their muscles. The top 20 remain uh, mostly intact from a year ago, and the two largest franchises even put more distance between them and, and the rest of the pack. Uh, of course, McDonald's remains firmly at the top. Uh, its system-wide sales increased 12% after, an, after a year in which it could seemingly do, do no wrong. Uh, and number two is 7-Eleven. Uh, it's managed to reduce the distance between... Uh, it in the top spot by increasing its worldwide sales by an astonishing uh, 27%. It's amazing. Even in down economy, certain companies uh, do well. Incredible. But I was companies surprised. are international. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, were you surprised to see that with 7-Eleven? Or I mean, again, it's just something. It's a right. you know convenience store that we grew up with. You know, and uh, it was just amazing. Right. And I know some sources have actually uh, uh, reported them as being number one. You know, so again, number one, number two. I guess it doesn't make much of a difference. You know, it's uh, uh, right. bottom line is they're they're doing very very well. So it's incredible. It says, yeah, it says Circle K along with Seven Eleven and another chain, AMPM. Uh, I guess they're part of the BP uh, oil system. All demonstrated the strong sales growth in the convenience store sector, led in part by high gas prices. The nation's gas stations saw sales increase six percent, according to federal numbers. Though the stores themselves. Uh, note that increased gas sales don't usually result in bigger profits. A and PM uh, continue to solid showing, jumping up 10 spots from 39 to 29. But the top uh, wow. 10 after McDonald's and 7-Eleven are KFC, part of Yum Brands, of course. Then Burger King, Ace Hardware, Subway at number 6, Pizza Hut, then Circle K. Uh, Wendy's at number 9. Uh, the Marriott Hotel chain uh, are the top 10. Then you have Hilton, Coldwell Banker, Blockbuster, Holiday Inn, uh, Taco Bell, also part of Young Brands, and then Sheridan at 16. You have Tim Hortons, a coffee uh, franchise. Then you have Domino's Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts at 19, and then Applebee's at 20. That's and this is a top 200 list. Other notables: Denny's came in at 40, Aaron Sales and Lee's 49, uh, uh, the General Nutrition Center or GNC at 53. Mm -hmm. We had Midas at 67, Baskin Robbins at 70, Church's Chicken at 75, uh, and then. Restaurant chain. I know you're a big fan of that, Marty. Always going. That came in at 79. <laughs> you gave me <laughs> trouble with my wife, right? Well, it's funny. I think we didn't. We go to Hooters uh, when we went to uh, Washington uh, once. I know one year. I think we went there. Everyone went there together, you know. So yeah, but yeah, it's just amazing. Our personal life here. Yeah, yeah, there you go. What is one eight hundred flowers? We had great clips. The hair cutting franchise at 89. Uh, CC's Pizza at 106. Papa wow. Murphy's at 117. Uh, and Econo Lodge at 121, uh, Sylvan Learning at 125, Fantastic Sands we've had on the show at 133, Valpac who's going to be coming on the show in a couple of weeks, they're 137, we had Jimmy John's, very one of the fastest growing sandwich shops at 142, right. uh, the Athlete's Foot, part of the Next Send Brands, 145, we had, a, uh, we had Allegra Network, also they have signs now, been working with them for years, they're at 148, Fast Signs at 158, we had Auntie Ann's, 
pretzels at 162, Johnny Rockets at 172, Blimpy Subs and Salad. I had to throw in them, them in there. I go to them a lot locally where I live. Right, right. That's no, we had Postnet, Postnet, who we had on the show at 185. We have Huddle House at 190. Uh, the Melting Pot at 196. 200's Cruise Holidays. And they mention here uh, top top 25 by total number of units. 7-Eleven actually has more total units than McDonald's. And then Subway's at 3, H&R Block, KFC, Janny King, Burger King, Pizza Hut, Curves, and uh, Coverall Cleaning Concepts. Uh, Domino's at number 11. These are franchises by total number of units. The other first list was by total sales. And then they listed, Marty, uh, uh, some up-and-coming franchises from 201 to 217. You have Beef O'Brady's, Two Men in a Truck, uh, Martinizing, Dry Cleaning, Edible Arrangements, uh, Batteries Plus, Serta Pro Painters, Precision Tune, Auto Care, uh, Firehouse Subs, uh, Americ Inn, uh, List here, Brugger's, Five Guys Burger and Fries, Hot Stuff Foods, Taco Time, Cruise One, uh, Granite Transformations, Postal Annex Plus, my friends over there at 216, then Huntington Learning Centers at 217. So these are companies on the cusp, on the verge of breaking the top 200. That's incredible. So, and it's amazing as you're going on the list, you know, again, a lot of these um, franchises have actually been on the show, you know, so, uh, but as you're reading the list on it, think about how difficult it must be to compile this information, you know, who gets the number one slot, who gets number two, you know, there's there's a whole mathematical formula for coming up with this, but uh, it's a a lot of work, and I like the franchise times 200, because it's always a little different from entrepreneurs' uh, top 500, you know, so uh, you kind of do like a comparison between both, and Again, I think it's great to be in the top 10 or 20 or 200. It, it, it doesn't always mean that it's the best concept for, for an individual. You know, again, it, it really right, it's a good depends. point. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. very good point. It's, uh, I mean, there's, there's several thousand franchises, and, you know, that's up to the investor, potential franchisee to decide. Some concepts are newer, but you, exactly. might, have, you, know, you might have more growth because uh, you can buy a larger area of that franchise. Or maybe a franchise was popular in another country. Now they're coming to the U.S. You might be in first position to invest in that franchise. So that's always Absolutely. what you got away. Go go with the more stronger, solid name where you can come in and you know everybody knows that franchise name. But you might have you know uh, I guess a little less limited growth. Right. Uh, you know this is where a consultant comes in or uh, really have to do your due diligence. Uh, or 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 do you go with a newer concept, not as established, but there's much more growth. You like being kind of a trendsetter in your area to kind of go with a new type of service or, or franchise system. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, but it is. It's very important, though. It's, again, I always look forward to the top 200 or top 500, you know, and see who's on the list. But uh, right. again, it doesn't always mean that you know just because 7-Eleven is number one that that's the franchise you should get into. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot more variables than that. So. And you know, talking about the list, how, how does a brand qualify for the franchise times 200? Franchise brand must meet certain qualifications. A minimum of 20% of the company's total units must be operated by franchisees. The brand must be headquartered in the U.S. and have a uh, significant U.S. presence. What are system-wide sales? Consists of total 2,000 sales of the brand from both company and franchisee-operated stores. For example, uh, the system-wide sales of McDonald's include sales from all the restaurants in the entire system, both company and franchise. That's something to keep in mind, too. Interesting. That's something. Well, I think what we're going to do now, Don, is we're going to go into, we've had a lot of highlights from the show over the last two years. The highlights that you're going to get to hear today are um, kind of current. I mean, these are from our Great Quotes in Franchising podcast. 
listeners are now are going to get to hear from uh, Jim Rudolph, uh, CEO of Rita's uh, Franchise Opportunity, uh, the legendary Michael Gerber, uh, Warren Gresham, who is one of the top motivational speakers in the world, um, John Hewitt, who is the uh, founder of Jackson Hewitt, and now Liberty Tax Franchise Opportunity. Uh, you're going to hear a clip from uh, George Native, uh, Kevin Hind, who's one of the top franchise attorneys in the country, and uh, Gary Okigrasso uh, of the Desert Moon Franchise Opportunity. He has some great words of wisdom for uh, our listeners looking to buy a franchise. He used this great analogy, so uh, he made uh, uh, he made the clip as well. So, uh, and again, there's so many more. You know, again, we can't play all of them, of course, but uh, uh, again, this is a segment that. Uh, you're definitely not going to miss. So uh, I think what we'll do here, Don, is we'll go into uh, that part. And uh, I'll see you again uh, in a couple weeks, right, with another edition of Franchise Interviews. Definitely, Marty. Have a good holiday next week. Uh, look forward to the next couple of years working with you. Good job. You got it, Don. Good job. Take care. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. For partners, what is it that we're looking for? So separate from the commitment and the passion and the integrity and wanting to work hard, you need to do something else for that franchisor. And so whether it's Rita's or, you know, I heard you talk about the other concepts that you have coming on, you need to do three things with that franchisor because the franchisor does it with you. It's about trusting that franchisor, respecting the franchisor, and believing in the franchisor. Trust, respect, and believe. Because if you're going to become a franchisee, as my father used to say, you know, we paid this fee and we pay a royalty of every dollar it's our responsibility to be able to believe in these guys and respect them and trust them. And as difficult over the years, 20 years with Wendy's, 19 years, I'll be very honest, there were many ups and there were many downs. But there was never a point that we never believed in the concept and we didn't respect the guys. That was very important. So what I try and express and preach to our partners, because we do it internally and I want them to do, feel the same, Trust us, believe in us, and, and respect us. And if you do that, then we're going to be successful together. Because if you go back to the beginning, it's why you bought the concept. It's, and not everybody should be a franchisee. But if you take that route and you make the commitment of a franchisee, then do as the company suggests and recommends. Because go back to why you made the decision to become a franchisee. And the headline, to trust them, respect them, and believe in them. Because they do with you. And, and I think you're not going to have a problem getting that with future franchisees. And, of course, you're of now because of your so many years 
as being a franchisee, you're thinking just like them. You know what they want, think, and everything. So I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I wish. <laughs> I got to be honest. I wish it was that simple. It, it isn't. I, I, can I mention something else that I've really been working on talking about, articulating a lot, and we branded it the five C's, which I think is important. Not that I think. I believe is important for this concept to be successful and to have m many, many more years. We're celebrating, which is pretty historical. We're celebrating our 25th anniversary next year, which is, I remember I was with Wendy's when they did your 25th. It's a big deal. There's very few that celebrate 25 years. But anyway, we branded it as the five C's, and I won't go through them, but I'll just quickly give you the words. The first one is the commitment to the reader system, and that's, they're all self-explanatory, but that's number one. Right. Number two is the consistency. And I really drive that from the consistency from the store operations first, but then everything that we do as a franchisor and a franchisee, we need to be consistent because we all, all of us, everybody wants to do the right thing and we all want to be good. And if we have this concept of being consistent and doing it every day, we get a better chance. The third is communication. And to me, we never get, as I say, I'm not an expert. We are constantly thinking about how to improve the communication. It is our lifeblood, it's our conduit, it's, 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 this is a partnership, and communication is the key to any relationship, husband and wife, siblings, whatever, it's communication. Four is the R&D, research and development. Uh, I mean, I can go through the product that we introduced this year, we introduced one next last year, and we're going to introduce more next year, is because we as customers, guests, want to have more of a variety of products. And then the last one, and probably the most important, and this is a major one, and I call it embracing change. Because the world is changing quick, but it's more than change. We need, as individuals, to embrace it. We need to embrace it and be a part of it and be in support of it because change is difficult. I guess I've gone through it. I have many experiences of being difficult with change. I'm at the opposite extreme. I look for change. I want change. I promote change because if we're not changing, then we're going to be left behind. This world, the business world, the franchise world, the guests are changing so fast. We need to be changing with them. And it's so difficult to be embracing it. So, I think that's, I mean, great points, Jim. The change is part of life. And, uh, you know, even some of your, you know, most well-known concepts, you know, the McDonald's and so forth, always have to be going through changes and adapting and so forth. So that's a good point to have that attitude. I mean, you're, you're, you're like the professor, Jim. I'm here, you know, writing frantically, taking notes. <laughs> oh, my. You're, you're doing a great job here. <laughs> thank you. I, I, that's not my intent, but thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you, you know, talk a little about, Jim, you know, just about the history of the readings. I mean, you know, people love Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. For each podcast, you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting Franchise Interviews this week. is going to be two years and 100 shows, and during that time frame, we've had some incredible guests and quotes on our show. Today, you're going to get to hear from, I think, one of the best motivational speakers in the world, Mr. Warren Gretzis. And Warren talks about the importance of planning ahead and insurance. And for our very first time on our partnership with Blog Talk Radio, 
Franchise Interviews is now giving franchisors the opportunity to sponsor some upcoming radio shows. So once again, Mr. Warren Gretchen, after a word from our sponsor, and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Insurance and things like that. Yeah, uh, one, uh, yeah. One, one of the areas you address when talking about entrepreneurship is the importance of disability insurance, uh, health savings accounts, and health insurance. Uh, I know my father-in-law was in the, uh, had his own um, insurance business, in New York City, and um, and he always talked about the importance of disability insurance. So maybe talk about those couple things a little bit for uh, entrepreneurship. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the thing about disability insurance, a couple of things about it. First, it's a must. It must if you're going to own your own business. Remember, one, one of the big problems with owning your own business as opposed to working for a company is that you don't have a safety net. You know, when you work for somebody else, when you, especially when you work for a large company, they're going to supply you with health insurance. They're going to supply you with disability policy. They're also probably going to supply you with a small life insurance policy. But the second you leave that company, all that stuff is gone. And you're really going to need that disability insurance. And God forbid something happens to you and you're unable to work. Essentially, you're out of business. Well, disability insurance is going to give you an income. Now, remember something about disability insurance. Here's the important thing to remember. You cannot get disability insurance if you do not already have an income. And if you're first starting your own business, you're not going to have an income. So what I did was I knew I was going to go into my own business. So while I was working for somebody else and was making an income, I started buying disability insurance. Right. So yeah. while you're working, you must, you know, the whole thing about starting a business, if you're not planning ahead before you get into that business, don't go into business. You know, that's why I saved my money. That's why I bought disability insurance. I had disability insurance when I went into business because I knew once I started for the first few years, I wasn't going to be able to buy any more because I didn't have an income. I wasn't paying myself. Right, right, right. Now, so, so when you're working, buy as much as you buy. If you know you're going to go into your own business, if you have any desire or plans to do it, buy as much as you can. You know, insurance companies will only give you as much as your income allows. You know, you can't buy as much as you want. They, they judge it according to the amount of income you have coming in. Now, once my speaking business started to take off, and my, every time my income rose, I bought more disability insurance. Right. I got a ton of disability insurance. God forbid anything ever happens to me, I've got a nice income coming in every single month. Now, once I hit 65, uh, I'm not going to need it anymore, uh, and they're not going to give it to me anymore either. Uh, the other thing about health savings accounts, you know, as a small business owner, uh, you, you're going to get really destroyed by health insurance. The premiums are, are, are monstrous. The costs are ridiculous, but you've got to have it. You can't afford to get sick. And you can't afford to let hospital and doctor bills put you out of business. Right. For, for years, I had uh, health accounts, uh, health insurance that were killing me. 
But, you know, when the health savings accounts came out, I realized and I went to somebody, you know, I always had a good insurance agent. That's another thing. You know, there's a lot of things you should skimp on as a small business owner. Watch your pennies. Watch your, watch your overhead. You know, things like long-distance telephones, you know, cell phone, plan, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, overhead. Watch it. But the one thing you don't want to skimp on is expert advice. Right. You've got to have a good lawyer, a good accountant, and a good insurance agent. You know, those people, don't worry about paying them. You know, if you're going to, don't say, don't look to skimp on an accountant, a lawyer, or an insurance agent, because you're going to end up with a crummy one. And a crummy one is going to cost you more than what you're paying out. So get good people. I have a great agent, and, and he advised me on the health savings account, found me someone to work with, and now I have a health savings account for my business. You know, it's a low premium, high deductible plan with great tax deductibility in it. It's the greatest tool for a very small business. And I, I'm a big believer in that. You should also have life insurance. You know, when, when you're in your own business, you want to protect your family, you need life insurance. But, but I cannot emphasize enough planning ahead and buying disability while you're still working and making a good income before you start your business. Because then at least you're giving yourself some sort of safety net. Don't allow catastrophic things beyond your control to put you out of business. Right. Such an important uh, point you bring up, especially something like disability insurance, no one's going to think of that. You know, no one thinks of themselves as getting sick. Everyone's trying to stay positive, starting a new business, but you, you got to set yourself up across the board starting a business, just not things like this, putting together a business plan and sure. ca calculating how long you can go, uh, you know, before you make a salary. And, and, and I'll tell you something, you're more likely to get hurt than you are to die. Sure. Right. So disability insurance is very important. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, that's what my father-in-law told me. It's, it's, it's just as important, if not more, than having life insurance. Absolutely, and I have both. I, I mean, I've, I've spent a big part, I spend a lot of overhead every year on insurance. Life insurance, disability insurance, long-term guarantee. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. For each podcast, you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting franchise interviews now for almost two years with 100 shows under our belt. And during that time frame, we've had some incredible quotes from the guests that have been on our show. If you're a frequent listener to our weekly radio show, then you know what fans Don and I are of the great Michael Gerber, author of the very successful E-Myth Revisited and Awakening the Entrepreneur Within. What's even more amazing is how often Michael's name has come up from our guests in the past two years. So you're going to hear from the great Michael Gerber in just a moment. And for the first time on Blog Talk Radio, Franchise Interviews is giving franchisors a unique opportunity to sponsor our weekly radio show. You can have a professionally recorded commercial run on our live as well as archive shows. And here's a quick message from our sponsor, and then again, the great Michael Gerber. Enjoy. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, 
franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. That's a great story. Which, by the way, I'm now reading again for the second time. I recommend everybody out there, it's been a while since they've read the evening, to read it again. It's really a great little refresher people seem to forget about things over time, Michael. I've got guys, I swear, Don, uh, who tell me they pull out the E-Myth Revisited every year. Mm-hmm. One gentleman I spoke to, um, the founder of an extraordinary company, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, mm-hmm. who's a franchiser, right. he credits the E-Myth with the creation of his company, and he credits the E-Myth with the continued vitalization of his company and the growth of his company, they now have um, a few more than 300 franchisees around the world. Um, The guy is less than 40. He's the CEO of this company. He started by driving a truck, picking up junk, read the book, read the E-Myth Revisited, and suddenly saw the light. And the product of that is a company which last year did $147 million in gross revenue and has the expectation of reaching a billion in revenue in the next eight years. So the man's on path and he takes the emith out every year and reads it again and insists that every one of his management team reads the book. And in fact, I'm the keynote at his uh, annual event um, in March. So I'll be in Vancouver addressing 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Right, right. The show we had last week, Michael, with uh, the CEO and president of a franchise opportunity called Desert Moon, Gary Oki Grasso, he spoke, for, he spoke about you for like 10 minutes during the show. I mean, it's just amazing the impact that you've had in the franchise community. I mean, your well, thank comes you. up every other show. Thank you. And, you know, I don't know 90% of these people, so I hear... I hear what guy, yeah. this guy says, and this guy says, and that guy. It's really quite extraordinary to me because I, I don't know these people. Exactly. I can't imagine, you know, what kind of fuel you have. I mean, how, I don't know how you go to bed at night, Michael. I mean, changing the story you told about, you know, the young gentleman, you know, being depressed and stuff like that. I mean, uh, the kind of fuel that you must get from that kind of situation must be incredible for you. It is. It's absolutely extraordinary and um Life is simply uh, an array of infinite options, and they're continually showing up. They're constantly, constantly, constantly showing up. I can't imagine how anybody could feel um, limited or um, uh, deprived of opportunity when there is so much more opportunity than any single one of us could possibly deal with. And I see it every single day in my mind. There's one, there's one, there's one. Why doesn't anybody do that? Why doesn't anybody do that? It's extraordinary when you begin to experience the entrepreneur within and anybody, any single person on the face of this earth can experience it if they begin the process right. And that's what I'm committed to. Absolutely. 
And the title is great, too, Michael. You know how you added, in addition to how ordinary people create extraordinary companies without any experience to guide them. You were one of those people. Um, I think you referenced Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, uh, Michael Dell. I mean, all these guys really didn't have the significant experience in business. It was all based on a dream or their imagination. Exactly. They had no experience in business. Bill Gates wasn't a business guy. Right. Bill Gates didn't work for a living. Bill Gates went to Harvard and then dropped out. Um, Michael Dell didn't have any experience when he started his business. Nobody, no great entrepreneur, has necessarily had any business experience at all. They simply imagined a result that they saw was absolutely needed in the world. And then they invented the answer to that problem in a, a business. Well, anybody can do that. Right. And in the book, Awakening the Entrepreneur Within, I take you step by step by step through the golden process mm -hmm. through which any company can be started from scratch in your garage. And I'm essentially saying, if your car is parked in your garage, move it out and start a business. Exactly, absolutely. <laughs> this book of top, top entrepreneurs are never satisfied. I mean, in Chapter 3 of your book, I thought it was great. Uh, you, you talk about you woke up one day and, and you had nothing to do. Personally, I mean, that's my dream, to wake up one day and have nothing to do, but just for a day before I get back to business. But, uh, you know, of course, yourself being a top entrepreneur, you, you know, you just weren't satisfied with that. Uh, you know, you had to, you know, take that next step and, you know, and, and, and do something great again. And that's what you did, obviously, with this book. Yeah, well, and, and you got to understand, when I say I had nothing to do, I had everything to do. But I didn't have to do it. Right. In other words, I didn't have to go out and earn a living anymore. True. But I do. I didn't have to go out and speak anymore. But I do continuously. I didn't have to go out and write another book. Uh, my books are among the top five business books ever published in the world. Emith Revisited sells more books every year than it sold before. Wow. It's the most extraordinary phenomenon. So I didn't have to do anything. There's nothing that caused me to go out and create the dreaming room other than my fertile imagination. And I'm simply saying what an extraordinary place to live in the imagination because one can begin to imagine a world unlike the world we live in, and then take it upon yourself to invent it. And that's all it is, inventing it. Everybody invents every single day of their life. The problem is most of us invent the past. Mm -hmm. True. I'm about inventing the future. Right. And this book precedes the E-Myth, Michael, so I guess everybody who has read the E-Myth is going to have to read Awakening the Entrepreneur Within as well. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> there you go. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting Franchise Interviews now almost two years, and almost have done a hundred shows up to this point, and during that time frame, we've had some fantastic quotes on our show. Today, you're going to get to hear from one of the top franchise attorneys in the country, Kevin Hine, and Kevin's going to talk to you about the hallmark of franchising. Our podcast today is being brought to you by Franchise Interviews, LLC, and Franchise Interviews gives you an up-close and behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, 
where you can hear and read interviews as well as get inside tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show on Blog Talk Radio, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and franchise attorneys. And our monthly franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And here we go with Kevin Hine. I think that people need to focus on is whether or not they can easily replicate their system. Um, the, the more difficult, the more detailed the operation is, the harder it is to replicate. So, for example, take the food industry. You see lots and lots of franchise companies in the quick service restaurant segment, in the casual segment, but you see very few successful franchise companies in the fine dining or the white tablecloth segment. Sure. And the reason is that it's very difficult to teach other people to execute at that level. When you've got people coming in at a very high price point, they don't want just food, they want a good experience, and that requires a certain level of skill and expertise, and it's very hard to replicate that across restaurants, even in a single city, much less across the country. So you want to make sure that you have something that's pretty easy to replicate and that you can train people on, because frankly, you want people to, you want your franchisees to come in and be able to duplicate what you've done, or you're not going to build a very successful franchise system. Right. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons people invest in a franchise, of course, the money aspect, but because of this, the simplicity, hopefully, that the franchisor puts together. So this is a big part of, of you know, what you're talking about here, Kevin. Absolutely. And the hallmark of franchising, and, and I know that some people can be critical of this, but the hallmark of franchising is that you give people the same experience no matter what market they're in. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and we all know that if we stop at a McDonald's, whether we're in Portland, Oregon, or Portland, Maine, that hamburger is going to be the same. Right. And it's the same experience, and people come to rely on that and count on that experience. And that's why franchising has been so successful in so many industries. Absolutely. You know, and the last thing I always tell people is that you better have a unique marketing proposition. Um, if you're going to try and franchise something and it's already been done, then you're at a real disadvantage. If you're just going to roll out the next hamburger chain franchise and there's nothing unique about what you do, then people are not going to be interested in buying into your system. They want to know how do I compete with McDonald's, not how do I stand out there as a me too in comparison to McDonald's. So whether it's a new way of providing the service, whether it's a, 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 a new way of, of collecting money, whether it's a new uh, gimmick in terms of getting people in the door, I think of, of Pizza Patron, for example, the, the pizza chain out of um, Texas that serves the predominantly the Latino market that recently started to accept pesos. Right, and, and I mean that's a great marketing proposition. It's a way to say, look, yeah, we sell pizza, but boy, is this ever you know a unique way to get people in the door? People who have different currencies and who have different issues. You know, we're gonna we're gonna service that market. That's something unique, um, and that's what makes that's one of the things that makes that chain particularly unique, and therefore is able to attract people to become prospective franchisees. Yeah, that pizza chain got a lot of PR, too, Kevin, from that whole thing. You know, by doing something different, you know, it was uh, they were pretty much in every national newspaper across the United States. Yeah, right. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's the old saying that, you know, good PR or bad PR is the same. It's going to drive people in the door. Right. And wasn't that your idea, Kevin, that accepting pesos? That, I would love to say that was my idea, <laughs> but... Go. I'm not you know, that you, you, know, you brought up a good point about the uniqueness here. I mean, we, yeah. uh, I don't know if you listened earlier, but last week we interviewed Badass Coffee, and 
uh, you know, there's a lot of different coffee franchises, but they stand out because they're quality coffee. They have a Hawaiian theme. Right. They have a whole story behind it. It, it was why they're having success, Kevin, is this point you're bringing up about, about the unique marketing, you know, proposition. Right. That's what I thought of, Don. As Kevin was explaining this, I thought of the same thing, badass coffee. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a great example. There's lots of coffee purveyors out there. Right. What's the hook? What's the hook to get people to buy the franchise? More importantly, what's the hook to get new customers in the door? Exactly. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. Brief podcast you get to hear a Great Quotes in Franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting Franchise Interviews now for almost two years, and in that time frame, we've had some fantastic quotes on the topic of franchising. Today, you're going to get to hear from Gary Ocigrasso of the Desert Moon Fresh Mexican Grill Franchise Concept. And Gary answers the question, what is the best franchise? It's a common question that Don, myself, and Gary have received over the last decade. And I thought Gary's response was fantastic. Uh, he also talks about the three-legged stool of a successful franchise. His answer was brilliant. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Franchise Interviews, LLC. Franchise Interviews gives you an up-close and behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get inside tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show on Blog Talk Radio, where each week you get to hear interviews with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and franchise attorneys, and our franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. Here we go with Gary Ocagrasso of the Desert Mexican Grill Franchise Concept. I'm running the business as long as I have the passion and the work ethic, really. And, you know, that's a great point. I do, I do several seminars a year on the topic of franchising, and I, I'll tell you, I, I don't think, I don't think that uh, there isn't a meeting that goes by that someone in the audience doesn't raise their hand and ask me what I think, quote, the best franchise is. I, and I get that all the time, you know, myself, Gary, being in financing, people always ask me. Same here. Yeah, and, you know, first of all, ultimately, that's a money question, and I'm not, you know, I'm one of those folks who believe if you chase money, you won't get any. Um, so, you know, my response over the years has always been the same. It's not about, quote, the best franchise. It's about, really, what is the best franchise for you? What's right. your passion? What do you love to do? What do you, uh, what are you good at? Because, again... You know, quoting Michael Gerber, once you get past that infancy stage where you are the technician, or as we say in our business, the chief cook and bottle wash, you then need to expand your business by getting getting started on the work of an entrepreneur and bringing the technicians and the managers in to work with you on your business. So to simply ask what's the best franchise um, is to simply say what's the best automobile. I guess the I guess the issue is what's the criterion? What are you looking for? What are you good at? What's your background? And most importantly, what are you passionate about? If right. you if you're not passionate about building a business, then um, chances are you'll get exact you'll get exactly what you may uh, be passionate or not passionate about. And in the case of a lack of passion, that would be nothing. When people ask that to me, Gary, I say there's thousands of franchises. How the heck do I know? <laughs> there you go. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very um, for for experienced franchisees, and I think you alluded earlier in your in the top of the show.
regarding uh, some of the work that uh, my friend Dan Rowe at Transport is doing. You know, there are experienced franchisees, certainly the type that Desert Moon is seeking, who have background in the food industry, who understand the business model of franchising, have an organization, and they take a system like Desert Moon Fresh Mexican Grill, and they plug it into their already existing system. And that's one type of franchisee. And then you have another type of franchisee, who is the first-time business owner, the entrepreneur, the person who is dreaming of, of operating their own business and developing a business, whose approach is extremely different. Their approach is much more from a technical aspect, much more local in the beginning. Um, many of them work, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 hours a week. Essentially, they, they buy themselves a job. And I don't mean that in a negative way, because in the beginning, for the first-time business owner, if they're involved in a business that they're unfamiliar with, that's a great way to learn the business. Um, and then they, you know, and then they develop from there. So there are different types of franchisees, as well as different types of franchise companies and business models. So I'm convinced there's a good fit for everyone and anyone out there who wants to pursue um, the use of franchising as a development tool for themselves, either as a franchisee or a small business owner that wants to duplicate their business but doesn't want to open up a bunch of company stores. They want to use franchising as a, as a tool. There are plenty of opportunities out there. It sounds like Desert Moon will go in either direction in getting a new franchise, either that already existing business owner experience or the first-time owner, right? Absolutely. We, uh, we obviously uh, are cautious. Uh, about who we bring in as franchisees. Um, if you if you look at the what I refer to as the the three legged stool of a successful franchise operation, uh, the three legs are the concept, the operator, and the location. Um, the first piece, the concept. I'm confident uh, regarding Desert Moon Fresh Mexican Grill because we're 16, 17-year-old company with a, a long operating history of success. Right. Location is something that is always uh, is, is, is always up for grabs with potential franchisees because it's elusive in the sense that you need to understand what makes your operation work. So uh, locations look different to different types of operations. But the other piece, the operator, who is the franchisee, that's key. Um, even in a great location with a great uh, concept, the wrong franchisee could fail. Because the franchisee is the pulse, is the heart of the business. The concept may be the brains, the location may be the legs, if you will, how it stands, but the franchisee is the, is the heart of the business. And what the franchisee takes to the business uh, really will uh, set the tone. So we're very careful about franchisees, whether they're experienced or first-time uh, business owners. What do you look for in a... Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes at Franchising, brought to you by Franchise Interviews. Take care. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close 
behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast gets to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting Franchise Interviews now for the last year and a half. And in that time, we've uh, done about 80 shows. We've interviewed some of the top franchisors, franchisees, franchise experts in the country. And it's just been an incredible experience. Each show, you know, Don and I have learned something, you know, and there's usually typically two or three learning lessons uh, from each radio program. The podcast that you're going to get to hear today uh, or the great quote of franchising is from Dan Castellini. And you're also going to get to hear from John Hewitt, who is also the founder of Liberty Tax Service. And you know he talks about um, his most successful franchisees. But listen to what Dan says as far as you know taking a self-assessment and um, uh, typically the people who become the most successful franchisees. I really thought it was a great learning lesson. So here we go. And they put the picture in. We don't even know about it. The next thing we see our picture, a Lady Liberty featured in the USA Today or somewhere in the country where we didn't even do anything except do our jobs and put our Lady Liberty's out. That's great. Now, the Lady, uh, the lady Liberty, was that your idea, John, or was that yours, Dan? <laughs> You know, I asked Dan, and, and remember, I already said he's one of the best 10 or 20 ever in, in, out of 3,000, so, so I built him up, and I, this is not a slam to Dan at all, but I, but I often ask my t- top people just to, just to make other people understand, they said, Dan, what did you create? What, what did you invent? When you, you've been here, you've been here uh, four seasons, what did you, what did you do different? And he said, Really, the top people say, you know what? I followed the plan, and and I think Dan can can uh, confirm that. That's that's franchisee, John. That's what Marty and I speak about a lot. A lot of our experts we've had on uh, trying to recruit people don't want to reinvent the wheel. Just follow the system and work hard and have that passion. In most franchises, you got to be people, you know, a people person, and you know you're gonna uh, you're gonna be successful. Is the bottom line. Dan's coming. What's that? How do you feel about that? No, absolutely. You know, I think that uh, it went back when I was looking, you know, deciding if franchising was right for me. Uh, you know, that's the first thing I determined was, yeah, you know what, I don't want to invent anything. I'm not creative. Uh, just give me a plan that I can execute. Of course, then you go and search for that plan, and, and that's exactly what what Liberty has. Uh, and to, to succeed, you know, you guys have to hit the nail on, on the head. It's simply, you know, have that personal drive and then, then the ability to listen and execute the plan that you uh, signed up to follow. Right. Uh, you know, getting solid training. I love that quote from Dan Castellini, how he says, you know, I, he took a real honest self-assessment. He says, you know what, I'm not a creative person. I don't want to invent uh, anything. And, uh, again, I just want to follow the system. And, again, typically 
you know, this is what we found to be the most successful franchisee, somebody who is just willing to follow the system. So, again, this is our first great quote in franchising and our first podcast. It was kind of historic. So we'd love to hear your feedback as we get into the whole world of podcasting now. We think this is going to be a, a great uh, additional service to our listeners because, again, our shows are very detailed. You know, they're typically, uh, you know, as you know, for our listeners, 60 minutes in length. So uh, what Don and I would like to do is kind of highlight some great quotes from each show. So if you don't have 60 minutes to hear the show, you can go and listen to the podcast and listen to some highlights or some great learning lessons in franchising. So we hope you enjoy this one. Again, we'd love to hear your feedback, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon with another great quote in franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone.